Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Today is Monday, April the 30th. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7 and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 5 today. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite! First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Let's pray. Father God, we do come before you this morning, ask that you'd bless the reading of your word, that Lord, you would open our eyes to see and our ears to hear, our hearts to understand the things that you would have for us today. Lord, I pray that you would meet the needs that are represented on both sides of this microphone as only you can. Father, we love you. Go before us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this passage primarily has to do with one man judging another. Now, the other day I put on one of my social media posts, the verse, judge not that you be not judged. Uh, many times people quote it, but they're quoting it out of contact, uh, con context. And many people that do quote it are really quoting the only verse in the Bible that they know, sadly. Uh, judgment begets judgment is the point of the verse. The Lord said that if you do, do not want to be judged yourself, then don't judge another. You can be absolutely certain that if you do judge a brother or a sister in Christ, judgment is coming back at you. The person you judge will respond to your accusations by pointing out your faults as well. I heard a fellow that was uh, the church watchdog uh, he kept his eye on everything, and just as soon as he spotted a problem with a brother or sister in church, he blurted it out to the pastor and the members of the congregation. He was usually right, you know, but then one day he became the target. He got into a little trouble, and when the news got out, there wasn't one sympathetic soul in the church. Today, he's bitter, wasted, miserable Christian without a church. Why? He got judged the same way in which he judged other people. So do, are these verses saying that we should never judge another person? No, that's not what it's saying at all. But if we do, it has to be God's way. How many have heard someone say, again, judge not, lest ye be judged? Well, let's take a look at it. The bottom line is that when judgment is passed, it must be based on a standard. Because notice in verse number two, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Whatever standard you use to judge another is the same standard that's going to be used to judge you. In the Old Testament, when a witness was found to be lying, he got the same judgment or punishment that he was seeking for the other fellow. Matter of fact, the Bible says, and I'm going to show you here in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy uh, chapter number 19 
in verse number 16. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 19 and verse number 16. One witness shall not rise up against another man for an iniquity or for any sin or any sin that he sinneth. At the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. In other words, it couldn't just be he said, she said. There had to be two or three witnesses. If a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him, that which is wrong, then both the men between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priest and the judges, which shall be in those days. And the judges shall make a diligent inquisition, and behold, if the witness be a false witness, and hath testified falsely against his brother, then shall ye do unto him as he had thought to have done unto his brother. So shalt thou put the evil away from among you. And those which remain shall hear and fear, and shall henceforth commit no such evil among you. And thine eye shall have not pity, but life shall go for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, and foot for foot. So in the Old Testament, when a witness was found to be lying, he got the same punishment that he was seeking for the other person. Why did God do this? To keep them from judging unjustly. You see, we live in a day, we've been talking about this among my friends, where you can make an accusation. We see it in politics today all the time where someone makes an accusation against another person. And then that person's reputation is completely destroyed. And even after it's been proven that the accusation is false, rarely does anything come back around and happen to the accuser. That's not right. What if we had a society where we held people accountable for what came out of their mouths? Just like in the Old Testament, they would be very careful about what they said. In Deuteronomy 19.20, And those which remain shall hear and fear, and shall henceforth commit no more any such evil among you. It would stop if we started holding a people accountable for what was coming out of their mouths, especially when accusations are being made against another person. Now, the Bible does clearly show us that there are times that we need to judge people and things. and But in order to do that, we must have something greater than ourselves by which to be the judge. We must judge according to a higher standard, a godly standard. Paul spoke of this in 1 Corinthians 2.15, But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. So we are to judge based not upon the way a thing looks, but upon whether or not it's right. John 7.24, Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. And number two, we are to judge things that pertain to life according to the Bible without going to court before our brethren. Paul spoke about this, how that we in the body of Christ, we should be holding each other accountable without having to go to the heathen 
for accountability. Matter of fact, he said in 1 Corinthians 6, 1, dare any of you having a matter against another go before the law, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge in the smallest of matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more the things that pertain to this life? And if then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. It is so that there is not a wise man among you, really? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. So we are to judge things by God's standard. It needs to be based upon the way, the way things are, not the way things look. And it should be handled within the court of the brethren, not before the heathen. And then he's, then the third thing is we are to refrain from judging a brother on matters that are reserved for the judgment seat of Christ. In other words, things that the gray areas that we talked about the last time that we are together. There's just some things that no man knows but the heart of the man. In Romans chapter number 14, for example, in verse number, number 10, but why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee will bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us will give an account of himself to God. And of course, the Apostle Paul here in Romans, he's talking about him who's weak in the faith, receive you, but not to doubtful disputations. Remember the last time we spoke, there are things that just aren't black and white. There are things that are, quote, doubtful. And we're all going to give an account to God for those things. And we need to refrain from judgment in those areas. And then number four, we are to judge sin in the life of another believer. When that sin especially affects the congregation. In 1 Corinthians 5, 3, Paul said, For verily, as absent in the body, but present in the spirit, I have judged already as though I were present concerning them that hath so done this deed. And we know in that scripture, there's a young man in the church at Corinth. He is actually having a sexual affair with his stepmother. And Paul said, you need to judge this young man. You, and if he is unrepentant, you need to kick him out of the fellowship. You need to pass judgment on this guy. Can you imagine if we did that in the church today? But we should be doing that in the churches today. Our churches are full of sin. Our churches are full of people who are walking in willful, blatant, unrepented sin. And I believe that's why the Spirit of God is not moving in the vast majority of our churches. We should not allow blatant, outward, unrepentant, unconfronted sin in our congregations. We are to judge sin in the life of another, especially when it affects the entire congregation. And then the fifth thing, we are to judge those that teach and preach contrary to sound doctrine. We are to judge those who teach and preach things that are contrary to sound doctrine. In Romans chapter number 16, 
In verse number 17, Paul said, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine that you've learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Christ, but their own belly, and by good works and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. We need to pass judgment on people who are teaching and preaching contrary to sound doctrine. As a matter of fact, here in Romans chapter number 16, it says the first step is we need to avoid them. Then we look over in Philippians, and I hadn't planned on going down this road, but we're going to do it. Uh, we look over in uh, Philippians in chapter number three, speaking of these same people who are teaching and preaching contrary to sound doctrine. In Philippians chapter three, verse number 17 Paul says, brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. And he says, for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. So the way we're to judge these guys is number one, Romans 16, we are to avoid them. Philippians chapter three, we are to mark them. We are to point them out. And then we need to beware of them. Jesus warned us about this in, in Matthew chapter number seven. In Matthew 7 and verse number 15, our Lord said, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. So we are to avoid them, we're to mark them, we're to beware of them. And Paul told Titus in Titus chapter number 1 and verse number 10, Paul told Titus, for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. Of course, he's speaking of the Jews here, whose mouth must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake for money. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said the, Cre the, Cre the, Cretans, the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. This witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. So we are to judge others. And I just gave you five that I believe are standards by which we are to hold other people accountable. We're to judge based upon, we're judged not, we're, we are to judge based not upon the way it looks, but upon whether it's right or wrong. We are to judge things that pertain to this life according to the Bible without having to go to court with each other. We are to refrain from judging a brother on matters that are reserved for the judgment seat of Christ. We are to judge sin in the life of another brother or sister that affects the congregation, especially. And number five, we are to judge those that teach and preach contrary to sound doctrine. So the next time someone snips at you, judge not lest ye be judged. They're taking the verse out of context. And next time we get together, we're going to look deep, more deeply at verses three through five and, and find that judgment begins with us. Father God, 
Go before us. Bless this day. May we always remember how much you love us, how you want the best for us, and you're working all things out for our good.